0: Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's been a few days, a little longer than expected. Technical difficulties, scheduling issues made this episode on a Tuesday, October 1st, rather than Sunday. But, the show must go on, so here comes this week's episode and there's a hell of a lot to talk about. We got the MLB playoffs starting, which means my MLB playoff predictions and who I ultimately see holding up the World Series trophy at the end of the fall. The Fair Play to Play at Fair Pay to Play Act was officially enacted into a law in California. I discuss what that means for athletes, what that means for the state of California, and what it means for the NCAA in general, as well as giving my thoughts on the current state of the NFL, quarterbacks, and more per usual. It's a great show. Stay tuned. But first, a word from our presenting sponsor, Anchor. Ladies and gentlemen, it is MLB postseason time. It is the best time of the fall when there is consistently, absolutely edge-of-your-seat action in Major League Baseball. It's the best time of the year to watch baseball, and there are some incredible matchups throughout this postseason. Starting with the wild card games currently going on actually right now, the Milwaukee Brewers and the Washington Nationals. I do think both teams are without a star in the sense of the Nationals played this season without Bryce Harper for the first time in what feels like a long time, and the Milwaukee Brewers are without their star player Christian Yelich, who is on the mend. This team, the Milwaukee Brewers, still has a lot of good assets, and I do feel as though they walk out as winners of this game, but the Nationals have Max Scherzer, and he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. With that said, I do think both teams are getting ready to go to a series against LA that seems highly unlikely to win, which I'll get into a sec. On the other side of the baseball, um, Tampa is taking on Oakland tomorrow night, And this game, to me, feels like Tampa's to win in the sense of I do like Oakland a lot. I really do think that they are a good baseball team, but Tampa just seems better to me, Um, more well-rounded, but I do like Oakland, and I think an Oakland-Houston series might be more interesting to watch than Tampa versus Houston, because I think Oakland might put up more of a shot. Um... So with that said, I would personally like to see Oakland and probably Milwaukee. I'd say win tonight or tonight and tomorrow night. But I do think that it could go either way in both. But for the sake of my predictions, I say um, Tampa wins and Washington wins. I'll go completely opposite of what I would like to see happen. So I'll start in the NL. I'll get to the World Series with my NL champion. I think that no matter who the Dodgers ultimately go up against, that they are going to dominate. They were the best National League team throughout the whole course of the year, and they ran baseball. Um, They dominated the National League, and a lot of the AL League teams as well, and in record, in statistics, and everything. All around, the Dodgers are a great baseball team. I do think that... They we, They might struggle in this series, but not a lot. I don't see the it being a series. I think L.A. walks out of this with an easy win and heads on to the next round. With that said, they would take on either St. Louis or Atlanta, and I do like St. Louis. I do think they're a good ball club. I think they're going to be underrated throughout the playoffs, and they've got veteran and youth. It's a good mix. And it's a really good squad. And it's going to be an entertaining team to watch in the playoffs. But I do think Atlanta, albeit young, is a great team. And I personally, Matt Joyce, friend of the show, talked highly of the squad. I think have talked highly of the squad for a while. I would love to see Atlanta go head-to-head with L.A., and personally, I think that's what happens here. Although, yes, Atlanta has the youth factor, whereas St. Louis has more of a veteran factor. I do think Atlanta has a nice mix as well. And Atlanta to me, gets the edge. They also have home field advantage, and to me, that's enough to propel them to a series with Los Angeles for the NLCS, in which I think will actually be more of a series than people expect. I think a lot of people write off the NL as the Dodgers for the taking. I do think Atlanta will give them trouble, but I do think LA makes it to another straight world series, and this one probably being the first one they have a legitimate shot to win in recent memory. Like, Legitimate meaning, yes, the past few years were toss-ups, you know, Boston could have lost to them, and, but with that said, Los Angeles has a much, this is the team, like, if they're, if they're gonna win a World Series, this is the team, this team's great, they had a phenomenal season, and they do deserve to make it to the World Series and contend, but I think they're going to give whatever team makes it in the AL trouble, more trouble than they gave Boston last year, and I think this is the first team that's made the World Series in recent memory that has a legitimate shot to make it a battle. Like, it's going to be a war, no matter who wins on the AL side, um... So, obviously, Tampa, Oakland, I do think Oakland would make it more of a series, but I do think on that side of it, Houston ultimately walks out with the win. They were the best team in the American League for a reason. They are a great ball club, and I do see them winning the their series. Uh, Yankees, Minnesota, this is going to be more of a series than people expect. These are the two leaders in home runs this year, and Minnesota is going to go to... Yankee Stadium where they're going to mash home runs. This is going to be a highly offensive series, which is going to be unique to me because I do think if James Paxton Paxton can shut them down in game one and New York can win at least one of those first two games, it must win one of those first two games in the Bronx because they could go to Minnesota and win. I do think that that could happen, with the opener especially. So they do have to win one of these first two games in the Bronx. And I think Minnesota's rotation is something that people will kind of underestimate. And I do think this series is going to shock a lot of people. I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk for the Yankees. And quite frankly, as a Yankees fan, I'm slightly nervous. I'm more nervous for them to go up against them than any of these other series is as a baseball fan, in the sense of, I believe, and I'm sorry, I've said it in the sense of multiple times in this segment, but St. Louis and Atlanta could, I could see a runaway winner with Atlanta. LA with whoever they face, and Houston, whatever they face, I could see a runaway winner. This one, no matter what, I feel is going to be a battle. I do think the Yankees come out on top because they're a more well-rounded team. But don't count out the Twins. And as a Yankees fan, I'm not counting out the Twins in this series. And I think the Yankees aren't going to have that benefit of rest that Houston will have going into the ALCS. It's going to make it a little more difficult. I think the Yankees are going to be out for vengeance for a couple years ago when they had the opportunity to go to the World Series and shock a lot of people. And ultimately, they did not. So I think it's going to be... A great series, and it's probably going to be, aside from the World Series, the best playoff matchup this year, and I do think that, oh, I want to say the Yankees so bad, but Houston's pitching is just top-notch. I think Garrett Cole and Verlander are going to make it hell for the Yankees, and I think that Houston wins in what's going to be probably one of a series of some of the best games of baseball this year. Um... I do believe Houston, LA. If the Yankees don't make it, I want to see LA win this World Series. I really do. But Houston, um, Houston's a great ball club. Oh, that's gonna be such a good matchup if that happens. I think it's it's a three headed monster. It's a three horse race. That's a better way to word it between the Yankees, Houston, and LA for the World Series this year. I do think Atlanta and Minnesota could surprise, but they aren't ready yet to be perennial World Series contenders, which makes me believe that it's down to those three. If Houston can knock out New York and have that rest, and ah, I think I got to go with Houston to win the World Series. It's tough. I've gone back to the drawing board a couple times on some of these predictions. I've gone back and forth on whether the Yankees would be able to pull it off against Houston. I've gone back and forth on whether or not LA would be able to beat Houston or New York, but ultimately, I think Houston wins another World Series. I think it's going to happen this year. If any year, it would be this year, and ultimately, I think Houston wins the World Series. As a Yankees fan, that makes me cringe, but as a baseball fan, I think that if any team deserves it, you know... They're a good ball club, and I think L.A., Houston, and New York are going to be one of those – three teams is going to win the World Series this year, but ultimately, my prediction is Houston. I would obviously love to see the Yankees do it, and if the Yankees can't, LA, but Houston is who I ultimately see winning the World Series. Watch out for Minnesota and Atlanta to shock some people. Watch out for Minnesota and New York. I think that's going to be the series of the postseason this year for the ALDS and the Division Series rounds, but ultimately, I think the game's and the series of games of the year are going to be the ALCS. Whether Actually, whether it be Houston versus Minnesota, M- Houston versus the Yankees, it's going to be a hell of a series. And I, as a baseball fan, am excited to watch it. As a Yankees fan, am very nervous for their upcoming matchups. Yesterday, Monday, September 30th, 2019, will be forever a day, I think in sports history, will be enriched. Governor Gavin Newsom of California signed the Fair Pay-to-Play Act, which, for those of you that don't know, is a landmark act being signed into a law. I believe that, personally, it shouldn't have happened. For the athletes, I think it's phenomenal. I think that for a corrupt organization that has been pocketing so much money, For a long time, it's going to be great for the athletes to reap some of the benefits. But for the NCAA and for college sports fans, it's going to make things a hell of a lot more interesting. Mainly because these athletes that you see in the NCAA have always been, there's always been, there's a lot of layers to this, starting with the culture shock. Oftentimes, there's a culture shock when athletes first reap the money and the benefits that come with being a pro athlete. And going from a college athlete to a pro athlete, yes, you are, especially on your campus, likened as a pro athlete, but you're not, you don't reap those benefits. So, with that said, I do think it's going to make that culture shock a little less because these people are going to see money in their pockets. They're going to get that endorsement money. They're going to be able to sign deals with Hulu and all these other companies that aren't willing to pay athletes a hell of a lot of money to just say Hulu has live sports or uh, drink body armor and all these companies because they'll be able to also, in respect, pay for their college, pay for their livelihood. But I think it's going to ruin college sports. Quite frankly, it's going to destroy the NCAA because you're going to have athletes demanding more. They're not going to be as part of... The magic, especially in college basketball, and it's a prime example, is when you get to March Madness, is the magic of these people that make names for themselves, these people that are coming out of nowhere and becoming NFL or not NFL, NBA draft prospects, these guys that are making absolute headlines and becoming superstars before our eyes that superstar title is definitely going to change because the more people are collecting this endorsement money and seeing this money flow in, they're going to be superstars in a sense already. They're going to be selling stuff on social media. They're going to be using that as a big platform, and it's going to make it harder for, I think, small school athletes to break through, and I do think it's going to make athletes like the Zion Williamson type of last year be able to be that much more polarizing figures. I think it's going to make the NCAA sort of ran by these figures, and especially on a college football level, Trevor Lawrence is going to be, over the next two years that he's still at Clemson, one of the most talked about athletes. He's in the headlines consistently. And if college football is going to start paying, or not college football, if he's going to see endorsement money flowing in, for some people, it's going to give them a big head. They're going to be weird about playing and it's going to make them change things and it's going to it's going to make things really different. And as of 2023, when this bill becomes a law, it's going to make things very difficult for athletes because of the NCAA. I think the NCAA is not going to like this very much. I think it's going to really make that it's going to make things difficult for them to make money. So for the athletes, I think it's phenomenal. I think that they're going to have more rights. They're going to be able to have more say in the way things go. They're going to be able to get more money. They're going to be able to go into the league professionally that they go into with more money. And if they fizzle out, they're still going to have a good check. Because how many times do you hear of these busts that, yeah, they make it to the NFL, they get that first check, but then that's it. They spend all that money and they're gone. Um, I do think it'll be able to help kind of make these busts, or as they call them, like, the players that fizzle out. I, I hate the word bust, because it's so, it makes players less than, in a sense, but I do think that it makes them monetarily stable, and that is a very good thing to have. So for the players, I think it's great, but I do think it is also going to make them more entitled, and I think for the players that don't make it to the league and the players that fizzle out, it's going to be phenomenal. For the players that become superstars, I think it's going to make them a little more entitled when negotiating deals and the pros, and I think they're going to have seen that money already and, you know, kind of know where they can negotiate and have a more of a voice. For states, I think they're probably going to follow in suit. I think Pennsylvania is already working on drawing up the act as well. And I think that more states will continuously follow in suit of California. I think this will become legal likely in all 50 states. Um, and it's also going to change where kids want to go to school. And because if you're a 2021, 2022, graduate, you're going to want to go to one of these schools that's going to be able to give you endorsement money to help pay for your college and pay for your books, pay for your life at college, pay for life after college, be able to financially support you and potentially financially support your family at the age of 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. And it's going to be something you're going to search for when picking a college. So I think it's going to help players in that way as well. I do think it could hurt players because In all honesty, most 18, 19-year-olds, 20, 21-year-olds I know, there's a lot of mature ones, I give them tons of credit, but not all of them are ready for million-dollar endorsement deals, not these players, some of them are not mature enough to handle this money, and unless they have accountants and people, their parents handling this money, it's not something that is just something to laugh at, you know, this is significant endorsement money that'll flow in, especially for some of these superstars, and they might not know how to handle this at a young age, so I think for the athletes, there's a lot of layers to it, yes, there's going to be a lot of f- financial benefits, and a lot of um, negotiation, and a better standing, I benefits, but I also think that it's going to potentially hurt them and not know how to use the money. And if as long as they use the money wisely, I think it's a great thing. Um, for the NCAA, I think it's going to completely ruin college sports. I think it's going to make them just a minor version of the pros. I think that the NCAA is going to fight this as hard as they can. And I think it's going to blow up in flames. I think that it's really going to make things... It's going to make things rough. It's not going to—college sports is always about players shining through, and it's going to be harder for these guys to shine through when superstars are already—superstars are already embodied by these commercials and endorsement deals that they're going to have. And it's going to make the NCAA not what it was, but on the same topic of that, the NCAA has been corrupt forever. I wrote an article nearly two years ago at the old site I used to write for about how corrupt the NCAA is, especially specifically in basketball, with all this stuff coming out about players, you know, taking money. Well, yes, this might cut some of that out, but it might make it even that much worse. I think college sports are going to get even worse because of this, and the NCAA is going to find ways to pocket more money in this situation. It's going to make things quite interesting over the next few months and years. It's going to be interesting to see what states continue to pass the bill. It's going to be interesting to see how things are going to fall. I think some states might hold out. Some colleges might not allow their students to do endorsements. I think the NCAA is going to definitely protest this heavily, and I think it's going to be a quite interesting series of events to soon follow. But... Um, it's definitely something to watch for, and it's definitely something that's going to have headlines for a while, because it's a monumental decision. And for the athletes, I do think it's going to be something very interesting to see. This NFL season has been very interesting. Um, a lot of it has not gone to what I thought would happen right away, and some of it really has. I'm going to run through just about every team, talk a quick... A quick little bit about them and kind of chat about how I think they're going so far, what I think is going to happen next, and a little bit more. So I'm going to rapid fire quick and start actually bottom to top in the AFC West. In fourth place to own for are the Denver Broncos. I am a fan of Vic Fangio. I I don't think he's the long-term head coach for Denver. I think he was a short-term fix. And that's something that John Elway kind of goes with, especially with Joe Flacco at quarterback currently. I'm a fan of Flacco as a quarterback. I'm a fan of a lot of the pieces they have around there, and I really think that I'm shocked that they're 0-4 because I thought they'd at least have pulled out one or two wins at this point. Um, They did lose a nail-biter the other day, and I'm big... I'm a big Vic Vanjoo guy, I'm a big Joe Flacco guy, but I don't think that both of them are long-term fixes. I think at some point, if you start 0-6, you gotta start Drew Locke a little bit and give him some action. This is still a team that I think could rebound and get to 8-8, eight eight, get to 9-7, and seven, get to a respectable record. But at this point in time, this is a team that seems to be floundering. A little bit out of control, um... I do think that Bradley Chubb being out for the season is severely going to hurt that defense. That has been a strong suit to this point, but it's not been the best, and I do think that they need to kind of figure out how to find a balance and start winning some more football games. Uh, to third place, tied with the Raiders, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are 2-2. Two and two. They've flown heavily under the radar already. They do often, but this is a team to watch for. Um, They've stumbled a little, but they've also had just about equal amount of success. They've been a team that I thought was going to be a playoff team. They're our quality football team. I think Melvin Gordon coming back is actually going to disrupt a little bit of the rhythm they had with Austin Eckler, but I do think that it's going to be more of a two-back committee now than it was before, and I think that's going to be a good thing for the Los Angeles Chargers for the long haul. This is still a good football team. A 2-2 two and two star is far from bad for them, and they've got a very good up-and-coming schedule, and I think that this team is primed for a good amount of success. Tied for second, third, whatever, um, is the Oakland Raiders. This is a team that surprised me a little bit. Um, Josh Jacobs is a guy I'm fond of, and at 2-2, two and two, this team is actually in a very respectable position right now. Josh Jacobs, I just started mentioning, is someone I'm I was fond of coming to the draft, fully on board with him, but I honestly thought David Montgomery and a couple of the other, like, underrated backs were going to kind of out him a little bit, but he has been the vocal point of their run game, and he's been very impressive, I think, that Derek Carr has been good at managing everything, the defense has been surprisingly pretty solid, but for the most part, this team's been well-rounded and well-shaped, and honestly... They pulled off a win against the Indianapolis Colts, which is something that, if you would have told me that in August, I probably would have laughed in your face, but obviously with the Andrew Luck thing and everything else, it's a little surprising. Um, still, nonetheless, but this team isn't a joke so far, and 2-2 two and two start is something that's quite respectable for them. I do think that they're going to flounder a little bit, I do think they're going to have hiccups, but right now, this team is not that bad. And they've been quite impressive to an extent. And John Gruden's done a pretty good, pretty solid job so far running this team. And I think that the uh, upcoming future for them could be solid. And I think they're going to maybe surprise a little bit more than I expected and a few others expected. But I do think that they'll still finish with a slightly below average record. But I, that's a team that I wouldn't be opposed to a surprise from. And number one, the Chiefs, 4-0. This team has come firing out of the gates just as we expected. Even with the Tyreek Hill injury, this team has been firing on all cylinders. Their offense has been great. The defense has been great. Um, Not much questions. LaShawn McCoy has been a great addition for them. Um, They've really just been a great team. Uh, I've been thoroughly impressed with their team so far. And it's almost like everybody expected them to be great now. And a 4-0 start is not bad at all. And a quarter of way through the season, it's a very good look. Not much to talk about here. Patrick Mahomes is a stud. That team's full of studs. And I'm very happy as a NFL fan that they are having such success. Um the AFC South. This is a four-way tie for first. Uh two-and-two, and two, two and two, and two-and-two and two-and-two. And two and two. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. Um, the Titans 2-2. Two and two. I've been kind of impressed with their offense so far. Their offense has not been that bad. Um, A.J. Brown has been pretty solid. Corey Davis has been pretty solid. Mariota's been a little inconsistent per usual, but not that bad. Um, their defense has been solid. They've been just a solid team, you know? They've been well-rounded and, just a solid squad. There hasn't been anything polarizing about them, and I think as the season wears on a little more, things will change for maybe the negative a little bit. But the team's been good. The wide receiving core is great. I forgot about Adam Humphreys as well. Derrick Henry's been solid. You know, They've just been solid. They've just been that kind of team. Um, something to watch for definitely in the long run is them maybe being a sneaky wildcard contender, but they've been pretty good so far. Jaguars. Nick Foles goes down after an electric start to his starting reign in Jacksonville. First couple plays, he was pretty solid, and then he goes down. Sorry, I overused solid, but um, Gardner Minshew comes in. He's become a polarizing figure, potential Offensive Rookie of the Year candidate already, and led this team to a respectable 2-2 record, and I've been quite impressed with his performance and this whole team's performance. This team, even in the wake of Jalen Ramsey requesting a trade, Pulled out a win against the Broncos and a nail biter, and has been. They've won back to back games. They've come firing out of the gates and been a pretty solid team. Oh my gosh, I hate saying solid. I'm going to smack myself every time I say it. But they've been well rounded and a pretty good team to this point. And I've been impressed by them. It's almost the top two teams I haven't been impressed with the Colts and the Texans. Jaguars and the Titans have almost surprised a little bit, where the Colts have been a little disappointing, but you know, they're still getting used to everything with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, and it's a better start than they had last year, and they've been a little banged up, and I do think that as the season wears on, they're going to be a team to continue to watch as a surprise contender, despite Jacoby Brissett coming in at quarterback. The Texans are far and away the best team, I think, in this division especially in the wake of Andrew Luck retiring. But that offensive line is abysmal. They've been barely able to block for Deshaun Watson, and it's quite disappointing for Deshaun. He wants to run around. He wants to complete these good passes, and it's just been tough, obviously, for him to do. And I am looking forward to seeing how they potentially fix that. The front office and head coach hierarchy has been a mess Um. You get Laramie Tunzel, and it hasn't seemed to really fix a lot. They've added some key pieces, and it still hasn't seemed to fix a lot. And I'd like to see how they manage to fix a lot of this in the upcoming weeks and try to get back to that. The AFC South has been a wide-open race so far, and it's going to be quite interesting to watch as the season wears on. Cincinnati Bengals in fourth place in the AFC North as the season is a quarter of the way through. I honestly can't blame it that much on Andy Dalton. I think he's not been that terrible this season. That offensive line has been miserable. I think he hasn't been that bad. I think that he deserves a little more credit than he's been getting. Um, Their offense has been not very good. Um, Their defense has not been the best either. But they are a team that is a couple, I think, offensive line pieces and a couple other pieces away from being more respectable and maybe in the Titans' territory of, like, a respectable, solid squad. But they've got to get some stuff together. And um, Zach Taylor's still adjusting as a new head coach, but it's going to be a long season, I think. And John Ross is going to be out now. You've got one of the most injured prone wide receivers, A.J. Green. This is a team that's a little bit of a mess right now, and they got to get it in check quick. Pittsburgh Steelers, 1-3. and three. I did not expect this. I figured this team was going to be firing out of the gates and coming out strong. A uh, young squad built around Big Ben, a veteran, and then Big Ben goes down, and all hell's kind of broken loose. But Mason Rudolph, he had a great performance last night on Monday Night Football. Kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, He's my fantasy quarterback in a few leagues. He was a good waiver-wire steal. If you're looking for a waiver-wire steal, at quarterback, he might still be out there. Um, He's a very good quarterback. Um. I think he's going to fit well with Juju as the season wears on and a couple of the other wide receivers. Deontay Johnson, very impressive. James Washington, you might see some more reps for Jalen Samuels and James Conner and Benny Snell are good pieces as well to work with him. Their defense has been pretty solid so far. Oh, my God. I think if I say solid one more time. Um, but the team's been... They don't look like a 1-3 team. They look like a team that should be 500, but... I think as the season wears on, they might get better, but without Big Ben, I think it's going to change it a little bit, maybe for the better, maybe for the worse, but Mason Rudolph got his first win as a starter last night, and they will continue to hopefully use that as a little bit of momentum injection. The Baltimore Ravens, second place. Lamar Jackson has looked like the best quarterback in the NFL, aside from Patrick Mahomes at this point. He's throwing the football well. He's running the football well. He's doing everything well. Um, They lost a tough one to Cleveland, and they also lost the week before, and a team that came out firing out of the gates has now lost two in a row. I do think that they are going to continue to improve. I like this team. I really like this team. I kind of underestimated them. I've always underestimated Lamar, and I'm going to be interested to see what happens in the next few weeks and if they continue to live up to the hype to this point. Somehow the Cleveland Browns are in first because they have kind of underestimated or underperformed to this point. Um, Baker has been inconsistent. The team has been inconsistent. Freddie Kitchen's play calling has been inconsistent. It's time for Todd Monkin to call the plays for that offense. I think that would help things a lot. Their defense has not been the same since Greg Williams left, and that team's 2-2 two and two record for the amount of talent they have is just not as good as it should be. Um... I think that they will improve as the season goes on, but one of those wins was against the Jets that they should have destroyed, and the Jets really, despite the rec- despite the score, kind of controlled that game a little bit more than many thought, and it was a winnable game for that team if Sam Darnold and C.J. Mosley were right there. Um, yeah, I'm not been impressed with them so far. I a two and two record shouldn't be something that is under appreciate or is disrespected, but. I think Cleveland Browns and Baltimore Ravens need to kind of show some consistency here because they I'm looking for that right now. And I hope Pittsburgh can kind of open up a little more and prove my prediction right. The AFC um The Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Yep. <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, Jake Fromm. One of them could likely be the first pick this year for the Miami Dolphins. They're a very, very bad team. On to the next one. Uh, the New York Jets, uh, third at 0-3. Injuries. I think that's been key here, and Adam Gase not getting adjusted in them a lot. I think as the season gets better, people come back, get healthier. Um, This team could go on a tear, but right now they've got the Philadelphia Eagles this week. Maybe without Sam, this isn't looking too good. They could start 0-4, and that could be a bad situation to contend with for a playoff berth after that happens. The Bills, 3-1. They've been pretty damn good. Their defense has been lights out for to an extent, and their offense has been able to keep up with it. I've been actually very impressed with their performances so far, and I'm excited to see what they can do as competition continues to improve. Patriots, 4-0. The Evil Empire is doing really well. They've actually allowed one more point than the Dolphins have scored all year, and they've scored 122 points as well. They are firing on all cylinders right now, and I'm excited to kind of see as a football fan what they can do, but as a Jets fan, I hope they slow down a little bit. NFC West. um, Some interesting teams. Uh, The Cardinals... I didn't really expect them to be phenomenal, but I expected a little bit better. Um, yeah, 0-3-1, not great. Kyler's been not the best so far, but I think they will improve as the season goes on, but I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury has been very solid as a coach so far. I think for the team above them, the Los Angeles Rams in third three and 3-1, um, yes, they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but... Then people are going on the media and already bashing them. They lost one game. They're still 3-1. and one. They're still a 49ers loss away from being in a three-way tie for first place. They're a quarter of the way through the season, and they haven't looked bad. Um, Todd Gurley has, but he's injured. He's got arthritis, and he's going to have to live with that. But, I mean, Jared Goff hasn't looked great, but the offensive line has been not the best, and it seems to be a key thing for multiple teams. But, To this point, the Rams haven't underperformed that much in my perspective. I think that was a tough loss for them yesterday, but I think they should be getting a little more credit than they are right now. Seahawks, they've been quietly having a very successful start to the season, and I've been thoroughly impressed with them. Not much to talk about here. They've been kind of like the Chargers, sliding quietly through having some success. 49ers, 3-0, firing on all cylinders out of the gates. I'd like to see what they do after the bye week. I think this bye week actually came at a bad time for them because I feel like they had a lot of momentum right now and that might have hurt it a little bit. I'm interested in see what happens next. Jimmy Garoppolo has been impressive so far, and overall that team has been very impressive, including the defense. NFC South, the Falcons. Um, Matty Ice has not been able to recreate that magic from years past. Keanu Neal got hurt again, and it's quite disappointing to see things not break the way they should for this team. I hope to see them have a little more success, but right now something's up with that squad, and I really don't know how long it's going to be before the media catches on to that as well. The Panthers... I don't know. How do you win a game when your quarterback fumbles it three times? Defense has been impressive, actually. Um... The offense, Kyle Allen for the most part, has been better than Cam Newton. I'm curious to see what happens when he gets back, how they handle this, and how they if they feed the hot hand, it's gonna be very interesting to see. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they beat the Rams, they're gaining a little bit of respect. Bruce Arians has done well, he's getting Jameis Winston back on track. They lost a tough one to the Giants or else they'd be three and one and tied for first in the division right now. I've been kind of impressed by them so far to this point. Todd Bowles has been pretty solid coaching that defense and I've been they've got a good chemistry right now, this squad, and they'd be something to watch for a little bit down the line. The Saints, without Teddy Bridgewater, Sean Payton is still an offensive or gen- er, with Teddy Bridgewater, Sean Payton is still an offensive genius. I think this team, with four kicks, won the game yesterday, and I think they're gonna impress a little more down the line. And when Drew Brees comes back, I think they'll be firing on all cylinders yet again. Um this is a team that I said from the start is going to be a contender, and they have not disappointed that so far. The Vikings, two and two, Kirk Cousins just does not seem to be able to throw a pass. Dalvin Cook has been phenomenal. Um, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen are definitely growing frustrated. The defense has been really good, honestly. I think their defense, aside from the 49ers defense, which has been spectacular, and the Cowboys defense, which has been really good, is and the Bears, which is the best in football, but... I think their defense has been really good as well, and something that's been impressive, and the offense has been floundering, and I think they got to get their stuff together or else Kirk Cousins is going to raise some questions about whether that $84 million deal was truly worth it. More questions than he's already raising right now. Uh, they got to get their stuff together. Uh, the Lions, they're a team I've been quite fond of. They were a dark horse by me and Berto when we did our preseason predictions. I think they're going to... Quietly have a lot of success this season, and eventually I think it'll get in the mainstream media. This is the best team Stafford's had in a while, and I'm really impressed. They're going into a bye week at 2-1-1, and they've been really, really good so far, in my opinion, despite coming off a loss. Chicago Bears. The Bears. um, They've been really good. They've won three straight since the first loss at Green Bay. The defense has been spectacular. Mitchell Trubisky and the offense has been slightly abysmal. Um... It's going to be interesting to see how Chase Daniel manages the offense. Maybe they feed the hot hand and let him be sort of a game manager and let Matt Nagy run with him until Trubisky gets back, and then maybe Trubisky will be refreshed and ready to roll. But at to this point, the defense has been carrying them to a 3-1 record. The Packers, the defense has been good. The offense has been good despite this loss this week to put them at 3-1. They're a team that I really have been fond of and will like to watch for the next up-and-coming games. Uh, I think the Packers, Bears, and Lions have all really performed well, and I think the Vikings have disappointed. The Redskins 0-4 face the Dolphins 0-4, and just in the same way, just a little less, I don't even know how to respond to that team. I don't like Dwayne Haskins and the way he's made his impressions so far. I don't like the squad. I think Jay Gruden's on his way out, and I've been disappointed by them significantly. The Giants, Danny Dimes, has come out of the gates. Back-to-back wins in his first two starts, firing on all cylinders and leading this team to some success. He's making the defense better. He's making everything better. When Saquon comes back, this team's going to be firing on all cylinders. And to this point, I'm a Daniel Jones guy, I think, right now because I like to see... um, quarterbacks who were counted out succeed and he's counted out despite the fact that it's the giants and blah but i've been impressed by him so far and i've been impressed by the way this young team has operated and pat Shermer has done a good coaching job so far number two the philadelphia eagles they are two and two they're second tied for second really in the division with the giants um they pulled off a win against the packers that they didn't really expect They go to the Jets, which, as a Jets fan, it's sad for me to say, but it's likely a win. Um, Yeah, they've been quiet to me so far, but Carson Wentz has been solid. The team, the offense has been solid. The defense could maybe use a little help, but for the most part, I haven't been that disappointed by this team. It's been just a solid performance. Cowboys lost a tough Sunday night football game two nights ago. That was hard for me to watch. I actually was kind of hoping they would win that game because... Um, would have made this a little more interesting to talk about, but Dak has been pretty good so far despite the loss the other night where they looked pretty bad. Uh, Zeke's been solid. I don't know. I've been impressed with this team so far. Um, I think that they're looking pretty good. I think the Cowboys, Packers, Bears, Lions, Saints, 49ers, and Seahawks have all been really impressive in the NFC. And then heading back to the AFC, the Patriots, the Bills. Um, the Chiefs and the Raiders have been very impressive so far. Um, if you have a winning record, but I didn't mention it's likely because you've underperformed my expectations to this point. So that is it. Those are my NFL kind of state of the fourth this quarter way through the season um, perspective. I do think that they've had some really good There's been some really good games and some really interesting things. The quarterback injuries and cycle has been quite interesting to watch, and I'm excited to see how teams manage their backup quarterbacks because sure as hell the Jets need some help with that. The next few weeks are going to be interesting to watch for the football, and stay tuned to Ambitious for more football content as this season wears on. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into this episode. This is a loaded episode with a lot of good analysis, and I had a lot of fun shooting this one. Um, yes, it was delayed. Sorry for the delays. These next few months, October, November, December, even January, heading into 2020, they're gonna be very, very electric for Ambitious. We've got some changes, we've got some really cool interviews, content coming out very shortly. Um, stay tuned, you know, the last few months have been a hell of a lot of fun to produce this content, and... I really enjoy this, and I think these next months, our guests and our content that comes out is only going to be little extension of our success so far. I'm really excited for everything coming out in the next few months. A lot of stuff I can't wait to finally talk about. Um, interviews that have been in the works for a while with some incredible guests and incredible humans. Um, some side project. That has been in the work for months that I'm so excited to finally launch in a month or two. And some really cool stuff to wrap up 2020 or 2019 and roll into 2020 that I can't wait for you guys to see. Thank you so much for consistently tuning in and making this worthwhile. Reminder, you can listen on all platforms where you choose to listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at ambitious podcast. And Twitter with at Ambitious with DP. Have a wonderful week. Make it a great one. Hope your Tuesday was phenomenal. We'll be back Sunday with an electric episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear. Thank you very much for tuning in.